We continue with the Shulchan Aruch. Simon Rishlam and Alf and Chesha Mishpat, Sivchav Zayin and Chavches, who basically passed in Zahalach the Gemara that we saw in Baba Basra. The Shulchan Aruch says in Sivchav Zayin, this is on page 7 in the booklet, Rishon B'nei Ho'ir, the members of a city, have the ability, Lokot Zalhem Sha'ar, to set prices for items, the Dover Shiyatsu, for anything that they wish, and they can even condition among themselves, that anyone that disobeys the laws or ordinances that they set, they can set punishments for disobeying, for not following along with the agreements that the city people came together and agreed upon. The Mchaber continues, not only city people, but even just the members of a profession have the power Last they can make takonis conditions and rules with that are relevant to their specific industry. to make up amongst themselves that no one is allowed to work on the days that are set aside for their colleagues. and whoever does not follow by this agreement will be punished in this in this way. Says the Ramahagal, this that the members of a profession are allowed to make rules amongst themselves. That's only if all of them got together and agreed with it. If it's only two or three amongst them, then even for themselves it's not binding unless they had a Kenyan. It's not binding at all. They don't have this power of a group making conditions like the Bnei Oir. Rather, they're like individuals, and individuals need Kenyanim in order for agreements to be binding. Continues the Mechaber, When does the city have the ability to make rules and laws for itself? That's when there's no Adam Chashev, there's no Tam Chacham, who is also Mamunah Atzibur, who is appointed to oversee the community affairs. But if there is such a person, meaning he's a Tam Chacham, he's Adam Chashev, and he's appointed to oversee the affairs, then then there tonight, referring to the people of the profession, adds in the Ramah, this refers also to the people of a city who try who are in the process of making laws and ordinances. It does not help. And they're not allowed to punish or have it or cause a loss for one who doesn't abide by the conditions. Unless these ordinances were passed with the agreement and knowledge of the Chacham. Says the Ramah, if there's no loss to any parties involved, they can create their own ordinances and it'll be binding as long as there is no loss to anyone. They all agreed to abide by it. It's like a Shotfis. So again, this opens the door for all types of city laws and, and uh, HOAs, homeowner associations, and things like that when you have a group and the entire group comes to certain conclusions, so that can be binding halachically, even though there's no source to it in Shulchan Aruch for these specific laws, since they all agreed that that's what they want to do, it now becomes the halacha, becomes the binding minic for everybody, and everyone must abide by it. So if you look in the Pischei Tshuva, back on page 7, the Pischei Tshuva in Sivkot and Gimel, brings a very important Chavez Yoyer. And the question is, anytime you're dealing with a group, it's very hard to get a unanimous opinion. So what happens if there's a majority that would like to create a certain law, but there's a minority opinion, they would disagree. So the Be'er Hetev already, in Sivkan Chavzayin, it's brought on page 8. So he brings differing opinions 
in the Kadmoinim, whether or not the majority can force the minority to go along with the decisions of the majority. So it is a machlekes. However, the Chavaz wants to create either a pshara among them, that they should all agree, or even if they don't agree, he says that it's the right way to go. So let's, if we see inside in Sukkan Chav Gimel, I am B'shuvah's Chavaz Yoyer's and Pe'alef, Shehiz Kirshom, Ma'ashenech L'Kubo'z HaGadele HaGadmoinim Chavaz Yoyer, references this machlekes of the Gadele HaGadmoinim. Im, Rotzalem, Redafka, Kol B'nei O'ir B'yachad, does it have to be the unanimous approval of all the members of the city? Or the majority can force the minority to go along with whatever laws they pass. Because of whose Al the Chavazyar himself says, that it was sensible to him that they would all agree in this matter. When it comes to rules and laws that are, don't affect the Torah's halachas, for example, on Hagas Balibatim, the way the Balabatim should act, and their wives, what they would wear, the way they, they, the way they, they celebrate, and certainly something that's there to protect the Torah, then individuals, or even multiple individuals, cannot stop them, if either the the majority, or he puts in a whole new thing if it's the people that were elected by the Roy Vatsibur. If the elected officials, if there's a board, a community board, community council, and they all agree to, to or within their bylaws, they come to a conclusion to create a certain law or a certain ordinance, then the individuals or the minority cannot object, and they're all bound by the laws set by this ruling body. he says, Things that are against the regular sense of justice, the regular sense of halacha, of Hilchus Chesh Mishpat. and he says, to force them to pay taxes on assets that are kept outside the city. If the regular din would go against the rule they're trying to pass, someone who made tens of tens of millions of dollars, for example, he only has to pay up to a certain amount. So that, again, would seem to be against the logic of the regular halachas of taxation. Even if, they have a, even if their, their intent is good, and they have a good reason for passing this law. Since it's against the standard din, so then, then even the minority or even a yachid can disagree and say, I'm not, I'm, I, I refuse to go along with this tzibur's takono, since it's neged hadas, neged hadin, you cannot force it upon me. That's, you know, closer to communism. You can't force it upon us. So it has to be that we all agree to it. This is what appears to me that would be a way of settling the machleks of the kadmonim, whether or not the majority can force the minority opinion, that would this would be a way of settling the machlekes by saying that if it's something that follows along with the din, or if it's just dvarm shalmabukach things, just simple regulations, things like zoning laws and things like that that don't go against the sense of halacha. So then the majority could force the minority or the majority elected um, council or, or or specific members, whatever they say, will become the halacha. The minig that everyone has to go by, when it's against halacha, when it's trying to take away people's rights, then even the yachid 
can object unless they all agree to it. So that so he says that he thinks that all would agree on this path. However, he continues, Even if you'll tell me that these Kadmainim, they would disagree with my conclusion, still that should be the way to follow, to, 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 the way it should, it should be done. It seems to him that the Pesach Machreinim, that's Taka their Maskana, that that's the way it should be done. If it's following within the spirit of Halacha, then whatever, the majority can force the minority. If not, then the minority can object. Because of Oid, he writes further, even in cases where the individuals are allowed to be ma'akiv, and they could have objected, it's It's only right when they are trying to set this law into place. Or if they set it into place, but right away, these people, when they heard about it, they objected, then their objection will overrule and override the ordinance that's trying to be passed. However, if originally they agreed to it, and they already, the community already went along with this. They, they, this. This thing was enacted and enforced two or three times, and nobody disagreed. Now, and also now when it comes to hurt them, now the individuals are saying, no, we disagree with this. Their shtika, their silence, becomes a hido, and they can no longer undo the ordinance that was passed. So that, again, gives very, very broad leverage to many, many takonis, many local ordinances and laws and, and things that are passed that we really have no way in halacha to enforce or to create. We don't have a bezdin that can create these halachas instead of these takonis. All of a sudden, if there's a majority of a local group that all concluded this way, or they elected a group of people to, to do it, so then all of a sudden they can start creating, let's say, parking laws and, uh, you know, certain the homeowner laws and how you have to keep your house, how you have to keep your property, how you have to protect the people's belongings to, to actually force you to pay into funds to upkeep certain things. If it's something that they agreed upon as a tzibur, it becomes binding on all the individuals. So in the Yasser Eon, towards the end of the booklet, we bring two chuvas from Ramesha Feinstein, the Moshe. first one begins on page 17. He's discussing eviction. A seicher who does not want to leave his house, and he's claiming that because that's the law, the law is, there's your anti-eviction law is passed, and the maskir, the owner of the house, says he needs the house for himself, and therefore he wants to evict his tenant. So Rav Moshe first puts aside the discussion of Dinah de Malchusa by saying he doesn't want to get into it. However, he continues and says that once it is an established Dinah de Malchusa, and it's the way people are renting based upon these assumptions, because it is the Dinah de Malchusa, it becomes a minuk. And he continues in his Mechadish that even though most of the people are non-Jews, and they're the ones that established this custom, still it becomes the local minuk. Because that is the roiv, that's the majority, and that's the way people are people do it. So we can't start splitting and say for goyim it's this way and for Jews it's that way. So it becomes the custom. So people who are now renting are renting under this under the assumption that we're going to be following this halnhaga, this custom, and therefore he says that anti-eviction law now becomes the minig and is binding because of minig, even without the machusa, even if the machusa would not apply. Or, or if in, in this case the couldn't be enforced or things like that, still Basin would enforce it under the terms of Minuk. That since that became the local custom, even though that custom was enacted by non-Jews, and non-Jews are the ones that are being that are acting this way, since the Jews and the non-Jews they are involved in the same type of commerce, and that is the local custom. So therefore, 
it would be binding because of minhok. Secondly, in the second shuv, Ramesha goes into the concept of a union. This is on page 19. And the shoyal clearly felt that unions are against halacha, and yet people are not allowed to join a union, especially because these unions, they, 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 they take actions that they punish their members who don't follow along monetarily, physically. And Ramesha starts off by saying, first of all, not only is it not wrong, maybe it's even a mitzvah to join these unions, because they're all helping each other, and it's, it's like a general shutfis. And he references our Gemara of Lasiyah Kitsasan, that they can, people have the right to join together and create laws and bylaws that are binding on all the members. So he thinks it's a good idea, in theory, as long as they're following within the, within the rules of halacha and they're doing things that are yesha, things that are for the benefit of their group. He says if it comes to actual causing damage to each other, so if it's physical damage, he feels that they're not allowed to do that. Even with the Adam Choshev, he says it's Mestah where they would not be allowed to cause that, to create those kinds of time, to cause physical harm to people who don't go by their, their, their laws or their agreed-upon conditions. But when it comes to just monetary knosses, he says that you see from our thing that it's Mestah where they are allowed to create. So... So he says that the laws should be binding on all the members, and they could give knosses to those who don't go, those who are members and don't go along with it. And again, he goes exactly the parameters: what they're, who's forced to go by this? Does everyone have to join the union, or, or you know, can they force even the non-union members? He says in Stamford they cannot, but still, he says there's definitely nothing wrong with joining the union, and it's not considered a problem of our kois. The fact that they have their own boards who decide what you know what could be done, what shouldn't be done is not considered harkais, it's just this idea of b'nei al-ir, that they're able to make bylaws amongst themselves, and it is binding under, according to halacha, under the, according, to the, according to the halachas of minig, that we discussed earlier, and there's nothing wrong with it, it's actually, in his mind, it's a good idea, to, as long as they're a union of doing things that are for their general betterment of their members, he thinks it's totally fine to join such a union, and they're, their maskanas, the things that they enact, would be binding according to Allah under the rules of Minak.